Alright, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Life NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I am back featuring my boy Ryan, aka Sway, reporting live. Say what's up to the people. What's up, what's up, what's up? Back in here. How you doing, my boy? I'm doing well. My Knicks caught that dub the other night, so yes, you know I'm feeling swell. So <laughs> um we had to talk playoff hoops last last week. We gave our like play in talk discussion, whatever it was, and then we kind of like gave our predictions on like the playoff matchups that we thought were gonna happen, especially with like the playing matchups that weren't fully decided yet. Indeed. Um we'll get into that a little bit later, but um Let's talk some playoff hoops. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Um, so let, let's start off with probably one of the the probably the most entertaining series of the first round so far. Um, Knicks versus Hawks. No doubt. Um, I feel like these two teams, they're pretty evenly matched. Um, so far at least. So far, we also haven't seen the best of um one Julius Randle or an RJ Barrett. And I feel like once those two start to put things together, the Hawks may be in trouble because the Hawks, they have a lot of people on their on their side that's food on defense. Like just to put yeah. it plain as that. Bogdanovich, of course, Trey Young is the main uh defensive liability. Um but I'm not gonna lie. Uh, they I forgot who said this. It's probably Max on um first take, but I never thought of this. I don't know why I didn't because my favorite player did it. But what the Knicks have to do the rest of this series it put is put Trey Young in in pick and roll action all yo, the time. That's that's what I that's yo that's what everyone on Knicks Twitter that's what everyone has been saying for the longest. Like just exploit Trey and your your money. And they started to do that a little bit the other day, um, yesterday, um, cause like there was a point where Trey was on um was on Reggie Bullock, and right. they just basically ran Reggie Bullock through a bunch of off ball screens, and then Reggie Bullock started to get open, and he started cashing them them them, them shots. Yeah, and second half that, was great for y'all yesterday. Yeah, cause we finally like Dibs finally made adjustments. So basically, first half. Julius looked like a rookie who had never seen the ball on the court before. <laughs> um, he looked awful. And, like, basically Derrick Rose was the only thing that was keeping us afloat, as usual. That's, um, yeah, as usual, sadly. But, yeah, one thing I do have to give props to is Derrick Rose for being the best player for us in this series so far as Julius begins to put things together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, First half was awful. Um, Capella was basically able to play free safety on defense because he wasn't paying attention to to Nerlens Noel, who's not a threat on offense at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was able to disrupt so much stuff that Julius wanted to do, as well as like DeAndre Hunter. And then, of course, starting number six in the starting lineup didn't help things either because I mean he played of- he played like five minutes. I realized that. Um. <laughs> Like, I think, I don't know if it was after the first, because I don't remember seeing him after the first quarter, because, of course, he starts. So, yeah. So, when I, I'm looking at the box score right now, it literally says five minutes of gameplay over two. And I think Fibs is finally listening to you guys, you guys known as Nick's Twitter, 
Because at, that, <laughs> at the end of the day, if the guy isn't producing and it's just, I think he's going with his heavy hitters, people that he trusts, that he's seen throughout the season um, put up for this team and win clutch games. D-Rose is one of them. I believe he started him in the second half, if I'm yep. correct. Um, but what won y'all this game, besides D-Rose's contribution, was, of course, your defense. Because at the end of the day, in the second half, there was a couple times the Hawks couldn't buy a bucket. Um, and the two comparisons that I have with this team is that the Knicks are a gritty, physical team, rely on defense, turn defense into quick offense, while the Hawks are more so more so just a finesse team offensively. They're not going to bully you. They're not going to sh- really shoot you that much out the gym. Um, I think last game, Bogdanovich was like two for 13 from three or something like that. Yeah, he so, was awful. Yeah, he was just chucking it. I mean, regardless, is he going to go two for 13 again? I don't Probably think so. Not. But I don't think he's going to really kill y'all that much because I think you guys are now locked in at that end where it's like, okay, this three-point shot must be stopped for us to have a chance in this series because, of course, threes is more than twos. And you're, you're not a your team struggles offensively. Um, but, I mean, I still – my prediction is still the same, Knicks and five. I don't – I'm going to just stick with that because the the Knicks – the Knicks' best player still hasn't, have a, hasn't had a great series yet. And – I'm counting on Julius to be okay in Atlanta. I feel like he probably had added pressure because it was in the garden. So he was oh, kind you of know that for a fact. <laughs> so he's just playing a little too safe at times. So in ATL, I see a big game game three from him. Yeah, one one thing for sure is that Atlanta kind of messed up letting Julius get into rhythm in that second half because after he saw a couple shots go in, he finally was like, All right, like I'm doing my thing now. I'm back to regular season Julius. And then he started dishing. Like, he started driving, kicking out to open shooters, kicking into the lanes to Taj Gibson. And everything was working, and it was looking like regular season Julius Randle all over again. So I feel like he's finally eased himself into a rhythm where he's like, you know what? I don't have to overthink things. You know, let me just rely on what I'm good at and just, like, oh, not over – just like simplify things. Cause like one thing I thought that he was doing in the first half was like, he knew that this was the playoffs. So he was like trying to overthink things in a way where like, he was like trying to like do too much and Mm -hmm. like, it just wasn't working. And like, he just needed to relax and calm down. And then I think that's what happened in the second half, as well as just the adjustments that the team made, um, on both sides of the ball. Um, first of all, one thing I want to note that some people probably don't know is, um, in this series, players on Atlanta defended by Julius Randle are zero for fifteen. Oh, that wow. is the best mark since that's been since that information's been being tracked since the 2013-14 season. So he's been straight clamps on defense, even though his offense has been struggling. So I feel like that will help him get into a rhythm as well. Because once you get those stops, you can get some fast break opportunities, easy baskets, um, driving to the lane, get some fouls. Mm-hmm. I have a quick question, though, in, ref- mm-hmm. in reference to Julius' play offensively. Do you think it's better for this next team for Julius to be playmaking Julius or aggressive Julius? Maybe those two things are intertwined, but I just want to get your input on that. Because what I saw in game one, I said game one, game two, at least down the stretch, late third, early fourth, was Julius started playmaking out of the post, drives to the basket, kickouts, 
um, that kind of opened up for Reggie Bullock, who had a crazy fourth quarter. So how do you feel about like which Julius do you think is the best for this team? Um, I think it all depends because like the way the fact the way the starting lineup is, it's like it's really hard for him to be playmaking Julius, but it's also hard for him to be aggressive Julius because like there's so much clogging the paint because like you have two non-shooters and Atlanta ignores them and basically like floods the um the strong side so that way Julius can't make no passes to the corners can't make mm-hmm. no drives baseline he's basically stuck and like it's hard for it's hard for him to be a playmaker if there's no is there if there's not enough shooters it's hard for him to be aggressive if the defense is just loading up on him so it's really hard to say but like in the second half you saw like he kind of balanced it out like he he started to at first he was he was like trying to be too aggressive still and like he was making like silly turnovers and stuff like that and still not hitting i don't remember if he, how many shots he took before he finally eased into things but i think it was like one or two but like once yeah, he finally eased yeah, like himself three, in three three shots yeah my fault go ahead but yeah once he eased himself in he like first he balanced it out with like some scoring then he mixed in some playmaking then he got to some scoring again so it's like it's like it's got to be a fair it's got to be a fair mixture. I, I would like to see more aggressive Julius just so that way he can open up his playmaking because once he's uh, once he's aggressive they have to double him and then he can kick out Yeah, they they're, they're doubling him just off the catch. Like, yeah, like it's it's ridiculous <laughs> like. So he's going to have to adapt to that. Of course, once he's not at superstar status yet, I believe he's at star status of course with his All-Star and most improved awards. So um, he's going to have to adapt to that. Once he adapts to the doubles and the, and every, every, the, the hedging off of screens and all that, once they, once he figures that out, uh, man, the Knicks might just be able to, 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 to pull this out in convincing fashion because that's all they're doing with Julius. They're not letting him go one-on-one and they just probably have to put him once, if you have Julius at the ball handling spot and let's say Julius man is uh Reggie Bullock or whatever, let's say, Reggie Bullock is being guarded by Trey Young, and you got Reggie Bullock setting the screen for a pick and pop, pick and roll, whatever you want. Just have Trey Young in that action because either one is a mismatch. Do you see Trey recovering that much to guard Reggie Bullock from three? We saw last game that Reggie Bullock's quick shot is <laughs> once he's open, he's open. So yep. I believe once once the Knicks start doing that, involving Trey in some action, um, mixed with Julius's play, they'll be all right this series. Yeah, like one thing for me going forward is I want to see this team attack Atlanta's weak defenders. They have a whole bunch of them. Trey, Herder, Lou Will, Gallo, Bogey, all bad defenders. And once the Knicks put those guys into some actions, make them work on defense, like, come on. Yeah. We already see the Knicks defense. (laughs) And then once we start attacking these guys on their bad defenders, like, it should be it should be a, a not an easy series, but it should be way easier than it's been lately. Cause we made things so hard on ourselves for like the first game and a half. So yeah, they just have to hopefully Thibs doesn't roll out the same starting lineup because that also plays a big part because that's what gets us off to these slow starts. And then we have to rely on our bench to dig us out of holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Thibs made those adjustments. Oh, another thing that Thibs did also very well that Knicks fans have been clamoring for him to do is blitz Trey Young at various times. Facts. And it Facts. worked. 
it worked. Yeah, that's where y'all comeback started in the uh, I believe the third. That's where that's when they started uh just bl- it happened more in the fourth, but I saw a little glimpses of it in the third. Once you do that, get the ball out of his hands. Simple stuff like that. Cause he is yep. the most it dangerous. Disrupts Hulk. Their offense. Yeah, disrupts it. The most dangerous hawk on the floor. He has the the deeper range and even the tightest handle. So once you get the ball out of his hands, it's just like make somebody else beat you. It's very cliche, but when you got a guy like that that can get it going with his floaters or just just his shot, period, yeah, you got to get the ball out of his hands. Tibbs, no. As defensively sound as he is, he knows that he has to get the ball out of his hands. He hasn't always done it in this series, even though it's only been two games, because game one, he didn't really do that. He Not didn't at really, all. He didn't they let Trey do whatever they wanted. he wanted to do. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a sign of respect now that he's starting to do that, but that should have happened out the gate, the same way they were doubling Julius as soon as game one started. Yep. And one thing I got to say is I, I respect Trey. He, he, he's, he's taken a lot of the, um, the smack talk from the Nick, the garden faithful, um, in stride. Um, his pops has been a good sport about it on Twitter too. You know, they're, they're kind of enjoying this moment. So, you know, respect to them, but, um, screw the rest of the Hawks. They, they, they stay crying and complaining. Um, <laughs> screw the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, Nate McMillan over here before the series even started, he over here crying about oh, you know the Knicks, NBA, the NBA wants this, you know they want the Knicks to be in the playoffs, you know it's better for them, stuff like that. But like, where was this love for the Knicks up allegedly all these years in the lottery when they didn't help us move up at all? Like, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, there's no such thing as this, 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 this bias or whatever this dude is talking about. And then John Collins is over here crying about so-called illegal screens today now. So it's like, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just tired of it, man. They, they sound like a bunch of babies, just like lace up, you know, this and is just playoff basketball for you. Thank everything you. Exactly. They know everything is like, they kind of have the pressure on them to win, even though New York has big pressure because they are fourth seed. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie. Both teams are technically not supposed to be here, according to what we predicted before the season started. Maybe yeah. the Hawks were supposed to be in the eighth seed or something like that. But these are this is a 4-5 seed matchup. So at the end of the day, both teams are very prideful on how they got here. Um, Trey Young and the Hawks almost didn't make the playoffs entirely. Without the, the coaching changes of Nate McMillan, we don't know if they will get it together. Of course, yeah. with, of course with uh, trades for uh, Lou Will and... Um, and getting Rondo out of there and stuff like that. So, I mean, one thing I'll say, though, is this series, the trash talking, the atmosphere is what the NBA needed for sure. Yup. Um, and, you, you, and, like, see, like, people like you, you appreciate this stuff, but, like, people on Twitter, like, they crying about the chance and stuff and, like... Bro, the chance is a part of basketball, bro. Like, like Exactly. <laughs> this is part of, like, all the booing and the chance. Like, you want us to cheer on Trey Young? Like... He's the opponent. I feel like what people don't understand is that when you get into a stadium, of course, minus this whole thing with uh, these fans these days doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. With the Russell Westbrook and Trey Young. Besides those two dumb individuals, um, you got to understand, once you step into an arena like that, whose team is prideful as the Knicks, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it all. Um, and it's playoff basketball, and it's it's fan stands. It's fan is short for fanatic. I love my team, and I don't want you to beat my team. It's that simple. Yep. Some people take it too far. 
with what they say in the basketball during the basketball game or they just they're too sensitive. I guess that's part of the new NBA these days with trash talking and stuff like that. But after game one, you couldn't tell me you weren't going to tune in for game two. Just based oh, of course of, not. Just based of how it was like atmospheres like that makes for good basketball as a basketball player and just a fan, because at the end of the day, this is what you want. High pressure situations and who rises in those situations and whoever rises from the dust. Hey, man, hats off to you. And this is what we're going to see this series. I don't understand why people are so emotional. Basketball is an emotional game. So you just got to you just got to take it for what it is, because at the end of the day, they want something. All the players want something. So that trash talk is going to come with it. And the fans are just backing up their players. Exactly. And like this is this is New York. Everybody knows New York is like we're some of the meanest, nastiest people. Like we just don't care. Like we just don't care. Like we ride it for hours. We don't care. If you're not right if you're not rocking orange and blue, we don't care about you. That it's simple as that. Yeah. And like people was like, yo, why are Knicks fans so mean to Trey Young? Like, dude, it's it's playoff hoops. Like he's the enemy. Like yeah. we're not gonna be buddy one, buddy with him. Especially when you when you're talking to the crowd as well. Yeah, People. he's 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 egging it on. He likes it. Trey okay. likes it. Like so, so what, like what, what has to be careful though is some players feed off of that. And of course, you're not gonna pick and choose which player to trash talk, of course, because trash talking is trash talking, but certain players up their game when when of the trash talking is and uh I don't know if you saw it, but Draymond Green uh uh said the other day, I think it was today, that um he's finally happy that the NBA and everybody else is seeing how much of a trash talker Trey Young is. And of course, being in Atlanta, they're not always on national TV games. So now that we're seeing this on a bigger stage, it's like, okay, okay, let's see, let's see how you react to this. Let's see how much of a baller you really are when everybody hates you. Not like hates you in a personal way, but hates you in the basketball way. Like I don't want you to win. So I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing through this series. I think that was the best game one I saw all series, um, all playoffs. And uh, I don't think I don't think this might be the best series outside of uh, what's happening with the Clippers. That's this whole other story. Yeah. But yeah, like um, that game one was one of the highest rated games of the night, if not the highest rated game of the night Um, that, that Sunday night on TNT. Um, Knicks games have been rating really high. So like having playoff basketball back in New York and like with the full crowds now too, it's it's making money for the league. They they see what's up. Like they know yeah, they know crowd, what's the happening. Crowd factor is what's helping y'all. I'm not gonna lie, because the crowd is what helps y'all game. We one. don't make not that comeback. We don't make that comeback in game two without the crowd. Yeah, I'm saying that's, that that's like a now. Like, <laughs> that's a whole. Maybe fact. we do to... because like because we've been making comebacks all year, but like the emotion. the way it was looking, man, I was just like, mm, I don't yeah, know, y'all, man. Y'all like 15 in the third. Yep. Yep. It was rough, but you know we head into Atlanta on a high. Um, a lot of Knicks fans in Atlanta, so home court shouldn't be that strong for Atlanta. Yeah, um, I see Knicks fans traveling for sure. Yeah, I, I I follow a whole bunch that are headed to Atlanta. Are they already either there or they 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 down they heading down there soon? So yeah, it's man. gonna be an interesting <laughs> matchup. Definitely. All right, so let's move on to you. Yeah, let's move on to the series that's actually taking place right now on TV. 
Um, just to like give like I guess give our thoughts on what's going on. It's looking like it's about to be three zero Milwaukee. Um, they're up twenty in the fourth against Miami in Game Three in Miami with a full packed house. So <laughs> it's, oh, it's looking scary for my, it's looking scary for them bubble boys right now. They, it's currently a twenty one spank. Um, about to be twenty two if Giannis makes his free throw, but like. I'm not I was not expecting the heat to I'm not going to say lay down like this but <laughs> but my goodness I thought after game 1 with how badly Jimmy played game 1 I'm like all right it, it went into overtime y'all still had a chance to win but y'all couldn't get it done but knowing Jimmy I'm like all right Jimmy you 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 you'll 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 show up in the playoffs cuz you've done it before of course you've lost to whoever you lost in the playoffs over these past few years but he is a guy that has shown that he will step up, but clearly not. Uh, the first, <laughs> the first two games is like what? What was his box score? Four for thirty-two or eight for thirty-two? Some something like that. And I'm looking at I this know game like, one. His game one box score was disgusting. Like it was yeah, like, like that was four, four for twenty-two. Yeah, I know that. So I'm I'm assuming he went four for ten the next game because I know the thirty-two is a true thing. Um, yeah, he was four for ten in the next game. So, like, I'm looking at this like, all right. Uh, I mean, all I can say about this series is Milwaukee did not want to lose to them again. And oh, they yeah. looked at, they definitely did not want to lose to them again. Of course, there's Drew Holiday that has, in my opinion, um, at the point guard spot is really key. Another ball handler that can set up offense and get his own bucket. Cause Huge Eric Bledsoe upgrade over Bledsoe. Bledsoe was not cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> and, at all. And so with him... Paired with Giannis, paired with Middleton, who can also get his own shot off, as we saw in game one with the game winner. Um, she's 3 0 is, is, is beastie, but it's, it's looking like it's going to happen, barring a, a heat comeback, which I don't see happening, even though they are in Miami. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it probably the regression of Tyler Hero with him not playing as much minutes? I don't know if that's a bubble thing, if that's an Eric Spolster thing. But it's like whatever we saw from Miami last year is definitely not what we're seeing. Um, I believe my prediction was uh, Milwaukee in six, if I remember correctly. But this looking like a good sweep 4-0. Like, this is what it's looking yeah, like. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's looking bad for Miami right now. Um, I knew Miami was going to lose. Um, not even just because like they're not in the bubble no more, and like that's been the the joke to crack. It's been my favorite joke to crack, honestly. But um, I just think Miami regressed, and Milwaukee got exponentially better. Like you add someone like a Drew Holiday, I was huge on that because I saw the fraud that Eric Bledsoe was, um, and how Rich Paul. And how Rich Paul helped him steal money. But like yeah, chill, chill. that's the man's job. You gotta get my son paid. That's that's Rich Paul. <laughs> but like my goodness, like you just like that's the talk about a heist. Talk yeah, about a I heist, he, man. I think his deal was like three years for thirty three mil or something north of that. I forgot what the actual numbers were, but he got a payday. I, I remember years. I think it was like three years seventy million dollars. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably got yeah, but he it was up there. Yeah, it, for, for it's it's, it's because he should not be getting paid. Yeah, pretty. He owes Giannis. 
he owes Giannis a finals appearance at least at the least. <laughs> because but, my uh, man's was shooting like twelve percent from three in like certain series down the stretch. Like it was bad. Like he just he's just so awful. And Drew Holiday is like such an improvement over him. You see the difference automatically. So and the shooting. The shooting. They are a better shooting team than they were last year. Oh um, yeah, the additions of um Portis and Forbes, Forbes. huge. Yeah, Forbes lost his mind game too. <laughs> that boy was just shooting that thing without even looking at the rim, basically. Sometimes. Yeah, it, see, this is the thing about Milwaukee, though. This is just when you're they were only a couple pieces away in terms of role pieces. I don't think they needed a star. They just needed more role pe- role p- players and their starting players to get a little bit better. Um, but with Giannis, he's he hasn't looked great in this series. That's the thing. He hasn't looked like a dominant player. And yet they're about to go up 3-0. I think that's something to look at because now his teammates are more so picking up the slack. And Chris Middleton, I wouldn't say he has elevated his play, but I would believe that's needed. Because if you're about to sweep Miami, it's looking like Brooklyn is is also about to sweep Boston. So you got on a collision course right now. Yeah. So you if if Giannis hasn't had his best game yet and they're about to go up 3-0, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, I mean Giannis had like his stats looked pretty good, but like the shooting percentages in game in game one weren't all that good. Definitely. Tw- he had 26, 18, 5, and 3. Yeah, on it looked good. 37%. 37%, yeah. Um and he struggled and then he had that elbow thing. Um game two was his best game. Thir- 31, 13, and six and three. On fifty two percent, one for seven from three, mm-hmm. so he was really good in that game, and he didn't even have to play that much. He only played thirty minutes because you That's know what they I'm were saying. Just, like those, those they points were smoking them. I wouldn't say they were empty points, but this was half of those was in blowout season. <laughs> oh yeah, like he was playing still in like the fourth quarter. I think it was like he was yeah. in there in the fourth quarter. So I'm just he, waiting. He, on he made sure to pat his stats. Respect to him. No, he, I'm waiting on that, right? I'm waiting on Giannis to be in a I'm waiting on them to be in a tight game and what Giannis does offensively during that tight game. Um it's just I don't even I can't really make, say much anymore about the series because I'm really disappointed in what Jimmy Butler is producing and right Bam. now. And, and Bam, Bam as well. Bam Bam was talking a lot a lot of I'm not trash, but he was talking a lot this season about what he deserves and his his, his improvements all around. <laughs> And then you come into the playoffs against a team you 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 disrespected last season, and now you can't even buy a game. I think that's very telling. And there might be some changes in Miami because if I remember correctly, Pat Riley did not want to pull the trigger on the on the reported James Harden deal because he wanted to keep Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, one of those guys, because they were definitely in the James Harden running. But after that, you you don't you don't make that trade. You don't pull the trigger because you think your collection of parts is not worth James Harden. But now look at what's happening. So this they're gonna have to do some soul searching. This team might not look the same next year. I'm not hoping for it, but I'm just saying like their their role players, such as the Goran Dragic, uh, I don't think Goran is gonna be there for long. Um, Bielitsa, who barely gets playing time. Like there's some of these guys, Kendrick Nunn. Yes, Kendrick Nunn is good, but he hasn't ha- he hasn't been able to even come into his own because Goran Dragic is taking that point guard spot. Yes, he's a veteran, but 
it's just a lot of question marks on this team are going to arise next season. And I don't, I don't, it don't look too good for Jimmy. Um, yeah, I mean, Heat fans, I mean, Heat, the Heat, um, they were also in the running for Kyle Lowry too. At the deadline, they were like right there with the, um, the Lakers and the Sixers, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to give up like Tyler Hero and whatever else assets. Man, if all these rumors about like he keeping Tyler Hero out of deals, like Tyler Hero, yeah, be, I've seen that become, multiple times. Like, yeah, I know. So and like Heat fans always keep rebuttaling, saying, "Oh, that's not true. It's not true. It's not true." Bro, but like is- at a certain point, if all these reports keep coming out, it has to be true. But to 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 my point about that is if. All these reports are true, and the Heat really see Tyler Hero as like this building block piece. He has ha- he's got to like provide some type of consistent um, level of production that I can look at and be like, oh, all right, I see something there. Right now, he just looks like a overhyped JJ Redick most of the time to me, at least. And then, sorry, then on top of that, with him and Duncan in the game, those two are defensive liabilities. Yeah. So- I understand why he's not getting played all the time, but compared to what happened last season, even though that is bubble vibes, you have to put your best hitters on the court. And if is is looking like Tyler Hero is no longer one of their best hitters. Yeah, it's looking rough for him for him um this um this series. Um he's only played he's played 18 minutes today. Um seven points on nine shots. Yeesh. But he hasn't. I haven't seen him on the court as of late. Right now, like right now, they're line. They're running a lineup of, um, Garon, Bam, Jimmy, Bielitsa, and Robinson. Facts. Yeah. Bielitsa is trying to shoot them back into it, but like <laughs> they like down by twenty three. So it's like it's about to be, it's about to be three zero. Um. So basically, the question now is: Can Miami steal at least one game? <laughs> now, nah, I'm not. I'm not seeing it. If if you're gonna play like this, you, there's no way you can steal a game. Like yeah. I'm not, I, I don't like. They have really lost. I've lost faith in them just based off of these two and a half games because it's like, bro, what, what, what? Why are you not the same? I'm not saying <laughs> you have to be the same team, but like, why are you just looking like a whole fraud right now? So I mean, I think one thing that Heat fans they've said is Jay Crowder is not here. True, um, I'll give you that. That's true, incredible. I guess. But like Jay Crowder is also someone like before the bubble, he wasn't that good of yeah, a shooter. Was, I mean, in the bubble, he was looking like Clay Thompson. So like, you gotta take that with a grain of salt. People like Jay Crowder or energy guys, and they're they're people that don't uh, take BS on the court, and they always fight like. Jay Crowder is a guy you want on your team, but then you hate to play against because he's so like annoying. Yeah, he's like annoying defensively, and he talks a lot, and he claps his hands, tries to get in your head. Not saying that that's happening for uh, for the Lakers right now, but it's just like if if Jay Crowder is the reason why you're not playing like this, then I think you got to do some soul searching. (laughs) Yeah, you got bigger problems, man. If if Jay Crowder is like the reason for this, and also another thing that they did was they kind of. I mean, I know Kelly Olynyk wasn't really producing that much for them, and then, like when he went to the Rockets, I mean they were a tanking team, but he was able to like put up great numbers. But um, yeah, they traded Victor. They traded for Victor Oladipo. They gave away Avery Bradley and um, Kelly Olynyk, and they got back Victor, oh, Victor Oladipo, who was basically who's basically 
always damaged goods at this point because like he's just his so body's just cooked. I almost forgot about him. Almost. But yeah, like they traded for him, and I feel like that's a depth piece that they could have used right up right during this series. And he's just not available. So I mean, yeah, it's looking like it's wraps for these Miami boys. They about to right. enjoy um Cancun very soon. Yeah, one, two, three, Cancun, because that's where they're about to go. <laughs> yeah, and we can look our we can look forward to a nice Milwaukee Brooklyn series, which everyone will be tuned in for. Yeah, everybody's gonna be tuned in for that, no doubt. Um, let's move on to another series that's um two oh that's a little bit more entertaining. I guess more for um just to like laugh at the Clippers, I guess. <laughs> Yo, oh my god yo okay so not to cut you because i'm very passionate about this series go ahead me being a braun fan you got to understand Kawhi leonard i'm not i'm not a super team builder but at the same time let's run it back right (laughs) Kawhi leonard declined coming to the lakers of course which is fine because him lebron and ad is a little bit op so i respect that you make your own team but you come back you come to the city that lebron james is in and then you make all these commercials, you bring Paul George, who, which I thought is a surprise because Paul George, as of late in the playoffs, was not doing it for you. But you bring him on anyway, two-way player, that's fine. Let me tell you, last season in the bubble, me and, and my man's Vano, that we, when we were doing the, uh, the, the bubble predictions last year and all that stuff, and we looked at the series, we were like, he he was a very he was very adamant in saying if Kristaps Porzingis was not suspended uh or thrown out of one of those games and of course I think he was injured for another one um they would have had a first round exit. I looked at him like you're crazy cuz at the end of the day I respect what Kawhi Leonard does and I know PG is not much of a fold but but the way this season has gone this team is is like I don't know if it's the Clippers curse or the just these two players or the collection of parts on the Clippers are not what they need. They have two uber scorers. Paul George can score with the best of them. Kawhi, when he wants to, can score with the best of them. But their 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 collection of parts, like they don't have a real point guard. Yes, Rondo is there, but even though he's played one and a half games, his minutes has not been the best. They still starting Pat Bev and and Reggie Jackson over him which I think is wrong because why bring Rondo there if you're not going to play him down the stretch? That's number one. Number two, these guys, I don't know. Luca is just picking apart every matchup. He's literally pick and roll. Come here, Zubaj. Let me shoot over you. Come here, P-Bev. <laughs> you're too small. Uh, come here, come here, Kawhi. You claim you're, you're a two-time DPOY, but come hold this one-legged fadeaway. Oh, PG, you've been talking all series from last year with all your with all your nonsense of how the bubble affected you. But anyways, come get this bucket. Um, and then he's literally I have highlights in my latest episode that literally he gives a bucket to everyone. Off yeah, the pick he and cooked roll. the whole Clippers squad. Like literally only off the pick and roll. How are you ex- exclusively giving buckets just off the pick and roll? And th- honestly... The Clippers are switching way too much because if you have such defensive guys, why are you putting Zubac in that position to have to guard Luka on the perimeter? Um, that's really one of the things that I'm like scratching my head about because it doesn't make any sense. And then Ty Lue, 
uh, I would I I was on the record on your on the last episode saying Ty Lue is going to tap into something that will make them play better. And as of right now, I don't know what I don't know if he can <laughs> because Kawhi had forty last game, had thirty in the first half, and then went quiet in the second half. Granted, when you have thirty in the first half, we're looking for more in the second, but. The second half was supposed to be Paul George um half. He had like he ended up with like twenty eight or twenty nine, but it wasn't buckets down the stretch that you would look for from a superstar. Luca had all of them, and when Luca didn't have a bucket, he was able to create offense because now they're gonna they're gonna send a double. That's a major issue with the Clippers team is they're not able to like create for um each other. That's what Rondo was for, but apparently Rondo isn't like. Don't get me wrong, is he motivated? I believe so, but. He doesn't. It doesn't look like like it's I not heard like playoff Rondo right now. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not playoff Rondo, but I think Rondo is looking at this roster or looking at how they play because I think there was a couple times in both games where he was yelling at at players and 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 coaches. Um, but I think he's looking at this team like, okay, y'all y'all not built, y'all not really built for this. Why I don't know. Um. But, yo, th- these Clippers, man, if they don't get out the first round and it's looking like Kawhi is leaving because Paul George is locked up for another two years, if I'm correct, because he signed a max a year before he got traded to the Clippers. Um, and Kawhi is a free agent. So this Clipper team can really look way different than it is. And it's, oh, man, if, if this happens, man, I just got to tip my hat to Luka because Luka is in his third year given buckets and nobody can do a thing about it that's a bad man and like he's really doing it with his jump shot and of course shout out to Brunson to Dim Hardaway to slightly Kristaps because Kristaps isn't really having good games he's just helping spacing the floor at this point but yeah like um that's my rant these guys gotta these guys gotta pack it up (laughs) I mean today a, a, a quote came out that like Rick Carlisle said that um Rondo knows all his plays, so basically they've been like freestyling um the Mavericks offense. So that Man, makes it even look worse on the um, and you still can't guard me. <laughs> yeah, you still can't stop them. Like it's just it's just crazy. We we getting glimpses of that Mavericks offense that that was um number one rated offense all time last season. We getting that glimpse of that again this this offseason with the, the Mavericks finally fully healthy and able to gain some chemistry. Um, headed into these games, but Luca just really does not like the Clippers. I don't know if it was what Montrez Harrell said to him last year, what um Marcus Morris was trying to to punk them last year, but Luca is he's just he's just not with it, and they can't stop him. And yeah. I, and one thing that I don't like that the Clippers do is they soft switch so much. It's Yo. like, are you oh. willingly giving up the switch? To get Pat Bev on him, and he wants Pat Bev on him. I just don't understand. What are you doing? Like, it's not like what from his because the question mark with the Clippers, at least these past two years, is your superstars are known for being two way superstars. Like, that is their MO clamp you up on one end and get buckets on the other. So, I'm trying to understand is it Ty Lu saying we're switching everything, or is it you guys are just in the mindset of okay? switch here, switch here. That, that's probably the problem of this new NBA where the switching and positionless basketball. But, bro, if, if Luka is like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, P-Bev is what? 6'4", at most, if I'm correct. 
and you're you're still it's it's question marks, bro. Because now they don't look they, these guys are no longer the de- the the defensive uh, uh superstars that we know them to be. Um, they're they're all they're all playing defense based on name at this point. Like this is there's, there's it's only their reputation, and their reputation just might precede them because this is not what you expect from a P. Bev or a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard defensively at least. Well, P. for me, P. Bev is Pat Bev is cooked. Um, like he's been through so many injuries, and like at this point, True. he's just like he's just a growling dog at this point on defense. Like he yeah. is, gro- he, he's not about it. Like. It. Yeah, he he's all bark, no bite, like you said. But like, yeah, he's just they're they're willingly trying to get him switched onto like they're picking on him literally. They're picking on him like he's a Trey Young, like a Lou Will type of guy. Yeah, him and Zubat is in every damn pick and roll, every one of them. And Clippers is just soft switching everything and just letting him get the mismatch he wants. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what um the Clippers adjustments are heading into to game three on the road. On the they road. Two at home. Their home court advantage go on, on gone. And they have to go on the road to a full capacity Dallas Mavericks playoff game. I didn't Those even guys know are gonna be amped. That's crazy. Huh? I didn't know they were a full capacity at it. Yeah, it's basically it's basically full capacity at this point. Oh for man. Dallas. Yeah. Talk, talk about uh in in the enemy's territory down like O2, O2 that you're just asking for trouble. Hey, but but one thing I'll say is if they can get out of this, then they like what I said about what I said last episode is uh adversity is good for championship teams, right? Yep. And they they're definitely have championship aspirations. If they can get out this series, they're pot they're like they're gonna be battle tested already just over the first series. So that would be a good thing. But yep. if, if they can't get out of this series, just blow the team up. Kawhi might jump to another team again. And who knows what will be left of Paul George's career, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if the Clippers look. I, I don't even want to bring up blowing it up because I feel like that's still a little bit premature. But Nah, they got to, bro. Because expectations, based on expectations and everything, and the two superstars that you brought and how they got here, you gotta, you, you, you might just have to blow it up, bro. Because there's no excuse. Like the team, you like they built this team to beat the Lakers, and if you can't get to the Lakers both times, and if the Lakers somehow get championships both times, yo, you just gotta, you just gotta. Certain teams. They either have a curse, but certain players, you just got to look at it as, okay, this guy is not getting it done. And we might look at that as for Paul George, for Kawhi, we might just say he he hops to different teams too many times if he decides to leave. But it's not looking good. I'm I w- I'm not going to lie to you. I was shocked. I know Luka is that guy. I know how much of a bucket he is. But, yo, 2-0, both of them in L.A., nah, bro. Like you would think the LA crowd would be there, but they had fake fans there. That's how you know it's not a Clipper town because they have fake fans in the stands. And I they know the, they're the nuts of um of of yeah word but, of LA. And I, and I know as this Laker game is soon about to start, I know that Staples Center will be packed. Ain't no fake fans. <laughs> what are you telling me? They're gonna put they're gonna put whatever percentage they're at. They're gonna have fans in there, and it's not gonna be no fake fans because I just. The Clippers are just a disappointment. I really didn't think 
it would get this far after two games. But of course, it's only two games. This is a seven game series. We'll see what game three and four look like. But just pack them up. It's, it's looking real early for that. Like they gonna have to Kawhi, be able to time to come run with a real squad. Come pull up to New York. We got, the, you, we got the we got the young squad, young foundation. I know Kawhi. You probably seen MSG rocking the other day for a team that gives it up on defense. You want that energy on your squad? I don't exactly. think I do. Because <laughs> this super, Kawhi. Yeah, I don't know if I like Kawhi is talented, but Kawhi to the Knicks. That's uh that doesn't fit. Media wise, maybe it doesn't fit as um mo. Yeah, but like it, like basketball wise, definitely fits. Oh no, nah, yeah, basketball wise, yeah, it's there. Word, but like Kawhi isn't like the personality. Yeah, I don't know if it fits because like he's like a low key dude, and like New York yeah, likes to be all, New all in your face. Is, New York media can get real, uh real personal. They can get in your business a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that's a fit. For Kawhi, maybe the team, yes, but Kawhi, nah. Um, gotta give a shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. He's been shooting lights out. Where um, once a Nick, always a Nick. Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, he's been killing it. So shout out to him. He 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 um he he's killing it, and he's he's basically been the number two next to um next to Luca in this series. And yeah, big shots by him. Uh, definitely down the stretch of game two, because that's what he, that's what that's what he's gonna have to do. Um, once Luca starts getting those doubles, that's just hit the, open threes. That's it. His yeah. job is really easy now. Because yeah. like one thing about like his tenure in New York, the second time at least is like once Porzingis went down with the injury, we kind of like were forced to make Tim Hardaway the number one option. And he was not signed to do that, and he's not built for that. So, like his job is like super simplified in Dallas to the point where like he can do he can do everything that he thrives at at such a high level, um, and so minimally that he doesn't have to overextend himself, which is what he had to do in New York and why it didn't work out and why we ended up trading him. But yeah, I mean, shout outs to him. He's finally in like a role where he's comfortable in. They will have to pay up to keep him in the offseason because players like him do demand a pretty sizable contract. So yeah, when you're when you're a role player that is uh very, very important to a team's success, you will demand that type of money and contract. Uh but I mean, depending on how the, the Mavericks season goes in the playoffs, he'll he'll be very deserving of it. Pay cut, yeah. maybe, maybe not just to make sure everybody on the team sticks together or get another piece. But the future is bright for Tim Hardaway if he decides to stay with this team because the way their offense is set up and it runs through Luka so much, uh, he he will be getting open shots all the time. Yeah. And um, Jalen Brunson, who I want my Knicks to steal from the Mavericks um, <laughs> because he's such a solid point guard and, like, he gets to the rim, he can shoot. Like, he does everything so well. So it's like, man, he, he plays really well. Um, I like the way he plays. He's been really solid for them off the bench. He finished like top five, I think, in like six man of the year voting this year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he he's been pretty good. Um, so I mean, if they keep it up, and you know, role players play better at home, and they've been playing pretty well on the road. So I could imagine how they're going to be in Dallas. But um, yeah. Um, 
quick update as we are recording. Um, the Mac, uh, the Bucks game did just end, and they are up three zero in the series. So sweep. It's on Milwaukee to out. avoid that. It's on Miami to avoid that sweep. Bring um, the out. <laughs> facts. Um, let's get into another entertaining series in the West with the other LA team. Yes, Lakers sir. versus Phoenix. We probably won't have the updates of the end of this game because it is just now starting as we're recording on Thursday night. But um, first game went to Phoenix. Um, Chris Paul did get hurt, shoulder injury. Yeah. He did. He looked like a shell of himself after that. Like his arm was just basically useless. Shot. Yeah, it was basically useless and could do nothing with it. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does in game three because game two, he was also not that much of a factor. It was more of the Cameron Payne show, the other CP on the team um, <laughs> who came in and just lit it up. One thing I got to do, I got to shout out Cameron Payne real quick because he was a meme and he was also known as Westbrook's dance partner for a very um, for most of his career, basically. Mm-hmm. Went to China, came back, was in the G League. And then he got picked up by Phoenix before the bubble, showed out in the bubble, and he's been consistent ever since. And for Phoenix, he's just been killing it. And Dope stories gotta... like that, stories like that, Cameron Payne definitely deserved to be shouted out. Um, just a testament to his hard work. And like you said, he was a walking meme. And for him to now be known as somebody that's a contributing factor to a, a playoff team, that's it's it's great to know in his career that he's he's he stepped his game up because some guys some guys would take that criticism and just you know fade out into the background depending on the type of player they are but Cameron Payne kept working like you said he left the A got his stuff together came back and now he's a he's a backup point guard for Chris Paul and he's learning a lot from Chris Paul I, I can tell so that is great for him to be balling like he is yep it is truly great to see um shout outs to him um so yeah the first game went to phoenix um second game went to um the lakers and phoenix had a chance to go up 2-0 in this because down the stretch of um down the stretch of game two lakers lakers were um they were up for a good portion of the the second half yeah we and were up towards like the end of yeah, and then like towards the the end of the third, heading into the fourth, that's when the game really tightened up, and um, Devin Booker was like getting hounded by the Lakers' defense. Like, he got to when when yeah, when Chris he, Paul is out like that, uh, and then of course Devin Booker is the only one. I wouldn't say the only one. But he's the main guy who can get a shot off by himself and or create for others. Uh, you got to. You got to get the ball out of his hands. Um, impressions on the game. Uh, I liked what I saw. Of course, bounce back games from the two Lakers stars, AD and uh, LeBron. Um, but what I noticed, I mean, just as a from the Lakers side of it, uh, LeBron is coasting. <laughs> I don't know. If you, you think it's tell. coasting? That that boy is coasting, not on the defensive end. I think um, I think the ankle's really bothering him. I think it's that because like he's I mean, just taking yeah. 
He's taking jumpers and he's not even driving. And like people are saying it's the double big lineup, but like I've noticed even in like the one big lineups, he's still not driving as much. Mm-hmm. And he's he's not even showing that much explosion nah, um off you're the leg. Correct. You are correct. Uh but so, he did yeah. have a couple he had a couple showings of I can still get up and with those two dunks, but I think he's coasting on the offensive end where he's picking his spots. Like, I mean, I guess it's just a veteran savviness, but yeah, there, there's times there's been times in LeBron's career where we questioned his motor on both ends of the court. Uh, we definitely saw that late Cleveland or uh, uh, 2014 and on. And of course, early Lakers before AD got there, there was a sense where LeBron was just saving the tank. But I think he's doing now is properly monitoring his injury, because like you said, he is taking more jump shots. And if his jump shot is falling like that one just did. Wow. But um it's going to be it's going to be hard to guard him with him being hobbled or not, because if he's uh, if he's able to just I think he only had like 24 or 25 last game. And that's that. I mean, for some players, that's a great night. But for him, that's a regular night. And yeah, and he's just he's allowing A.D. to probably dominate the shot chart while he picks his spots where like, OK, the, the Suns are on the run. Let me go get a bucket real quick. Oh, let me go get two buckets. Oh, let me get a stop. Uh, LeBron is really coasting offensively. Defensively, he's locked in because if he's not locked in defensively, they're probably down 2-0. So um, just seeing what the Lakers have done, shout out and Andre Drummond. Uh, he's been a <laughs> he's been a he's been a uh, he's been a beneficiary, not a beneficiary, but he's been mean that he's been talked about in various ways. Uh, just his ability to get I'm not saying get a bucket, but being set up and playing alongside the two stars is very key. Um, LeBron is feeding him. What we saw last game was LeBron was making sure every time there was a mismatch in that paint, he gave him the ball which is kind of a good thing because you don't want Andre Drummond just running around, not getting touches. That's when you see the lacks on defense. That's when you see the lack of energy. Um, so the Lakers and all, I mean, I- I'm like what I'm seeing, of course, because remember we're, we're still injured. We're still not in proper rhythm. And uh, the KCPs of the world, the, the, the Wesley Matthews of the world, they're going to get going eventually because KCP had a horrible night, horrible night. Um, but th- this Chris Paul that's just, energy, that's just KCP sometimes though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one night he'll go zero for eight, next night he'll go like six for eight. So I'm not really too upset at that. Um, but how do you feel? How do you feel about um, Chris Paul's injury? Because I remember in my podcast I definitely said that it's something to look at. And if he can't go right, like we saw in games one and two, then this series might be over really, might be over quickly uh, than we thought probably five games if he really can't be the point guard that we know him to be. Uh, I mean, right now he's looking kind of mobile in terms of that, but it's a definite difference of Chris Paul going right. And since he's a right-handed player, that is very, uh, very problematic for the Phoenix Suns. Um, But I mean, I like this series. It's very entertaining. Um, It can go either way. Uh, But the one thing for the Suns is DeAndre Ayton's uh, performance. We we like to look at Devin, Devin Booker, but DeAndre Ayton is also in his first playoff appearance getting double. Yeah, he's double. been really solid. I liked his I liked his, I liked his production so far. Like he's played really he's played really well. 
Yeah, he looks like he's just comfortable. He's he. It seems like the the the, the lights of the playoffs aren't really bothering him too much, and that's that's what you like to see in a young player. Devin Booker is fearless. We know that. So, yeah, we already knew what to expect from Devin Booker. So yeah. this, is, this was nothing new. But um, for me, yeah, with Chris Paul, um, it's not even a matter of just going right. It's a matter of like the handle. The handle looked really shaky in game one. In game one after the injury, mm-hmm. the shot. Like if he can't make shots, then he he's basically useless, and you gotta um you gotta go more with Cameron Payne again and hope he has it rolling again. Um, and then you also gotta hope Jay Crowder and 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 Macau Bridges shoot better. Jay Crowder was one for six from three. Um, Macau Bridges was two for four from three, but you would probably hope to get more shots out of him. Um, and yeah, like just stuff like that. You just hope you can get more from the others to kind of like supplement for that missing Chris Paul performance if he doesn't have it going um with the shoulder. But yeah, it, it sucks that the Chris Chris Paul had to get this injury, not just for the fact that Chris Paul gets an injury every postseason, it seems like these days, but um for the simple fact that we're probably gonna get robbed of a possible like classic first round series that could have went like six or seven games. Instead, it may go. It it still probably could go six, but it's not gonna be probably as entertaining, as entertaining, or probably as competitive as we hope it is. I mean, so far this game is opening up really competitively, and hopefully it can stay like that. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping Chris Paul is like he gets a little bit healthier throughout this series. That way we can really see these teams because these teams are not at full strength if Chris Paul is not healthy. Like this, this is the whole point of of this whole matchup that everybody was so excited about is seeing these two teams finally at full strength against each other. And everyone was hoping it would, it would have came in a conference finals matchup, but unfortunately we get it in the first round or, or fortunately we get it in the first round, depending on, on where you stand with this. But um, yeah, I just want to see more from the others from Phoenix. Cause like Jay Crowder was just like, he was basically almost on the Lakers side at, at <laughs> at, at, a, at a point in the fourth quarter because I was just watching the game and I was like, yo, Jay Carter, you got to hit a shot, dog. Like, you're not helping the Suns at all. Like, for them to have you out here is a detriment to them, but they kind of have no choice because, like, they had to roll with Cameron Payne at point. So they had to roll with you, D-Book, D-A, and, and, um, and, and Bridges. So, like, and then, like, they swapped him out for Cam Johnson, I believe, at a point. But yeah, like, and you don't you don't want Cam Johnson in this situation. He's too small and he's inexperienced. I'm not saying he can't ball. I'm just saying if you're gonna put Cam but Johnson, yeah, you in, would rather Jay Crowder in that situation. Exactly, and then Jay Crowder. And is if he's shooting out the game, then it's useless. Exactly, and like what we saw game two was Cam Johnson in the game, and LeBron said, "Oh yeah, baby food." So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you see that. It's like, all right, we get it. Um, but the Suns, here, here, here. Let me say this though, because we say it's gonna, is we we're gonna lack competitiveness in this series because of lack of uh, lack of health. But I mean, if we, if I'm not saying it equates, it equals the same thing. But the Lakers being injured and then one player on the Suns being injured kind of makes it even. But that one player on the Suns is literally the engine. So. I see what you're saying. Ooh, Chris Paul just hit a midi that looked super crisp. I don't know. He may be Gucci. I don't know if Braun, I don't know if Braun hit him up with the HGH plug or whatever it was, but he looked, he looked dry on that jumper just now. 
you know so we're, we're gonna hope for we're gonna hope for good health because i don't want to hear any excuses because at the end of the day i do have the lakers winning in six um, <laughs> you feel me because look we don't want to say this about chris paul but he has that curse and where it's literally every time he gets to the playoffs either him or his own teammate gets hurt we've seen this with clippers we've seen this in on the on the rockets we didn't see that on the OKC because you know they got they got beat by Houston in, in, in a seven game series first round. But it just it, you just got to shake your head when it comes to Chris Paul and injuries in the playoffs because this is what probably the fourth time we're seeing it <laughs> out of the well, last seven like, years. Yeah, like it's, it's been it's been ridiculous. But this game three is gonna look great. Uh, probably one more thing that I'll look out for is just the. Uh, the guard play of possibly the Lakers, what they do, um, the minutes for Alex Caruso, because I believe Caruso, every time he comes in the game, is a is a positive. So, eh, I, I don't, like, I'm not, like, after game two, I knew, I knew game two was happening. Like, I knew game two was going to happen that way in terms of the Lakers getting the W and the two stars winning or playing good because these two stars, they they listen to the chirping. They, they, they understand that, all right, I had a bad game. Let me go get that back. And they went and did that. Um, Devin Booker is going to need some help from CP for this to be a series. Because if CP isn't CP, we already know how the series will end. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is a hobbled Lakers team. And even a hobbled Lakers team is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean... I'm still, I'm still, I'm still iffy on my sons in in six pick, but you know, after this game, I'll probably have a better feeling on how I feel. After after game three, I'll have a better feeling on on where I stand with with that pick still, because I want to I want to see how Chris Paul looks. If Chris Paul looks healthy still, um, and the Suns are healthy as a whole, then I'm still feeling confident in that Suns in six pick, um. But I do want to see more from the others on Phoenix because in the playoffs, you know what you're going to get from at least your main guys. It's always about what the others are going to provide. So and and that goes for both sides of this matchup because like in game, I want to say game two, Dennis had like Dennis had like 25. I want to say yeah, definitely game two. And then Drummond, as you mentioned, he had like 15 and 12, and like. That's that's rare for Drummond these days, surprisingly, or at least the impact that he had on the game was rare, where he wasn't like a total minus on the floor, where mm-hmm. sometimes he puts up those numbers, but like he looks awful on defense and like on offense, he's like missing like five layups or whatever it is. But like, yeah, um, we'll see how it is. Um, again, to update. It doesn't even matter to update the people because they've already they've already seen this, but AD just got elbowed in the nose. So we'll see how that goes with AD. Mm-hmm. Um last year's I do want to talk about um is the three six matchup in the West. Denver versus Portland. Um this is an entertaining series. It it is, but like it's a weird series because the series is tied, but like both games have ended in blowouts. So it's really hard to like gauge, I guess, kind of where the teams stand. I think it's because these teams, of course, without Jamal Murray, they now look evenly matched. 
Um, yeah, to what an extent. I did notice, yeah, to an extent. But what I did notice between the two games, of course, the first game was won by Portland, if I remember correctly, and then the second mm-hmm. game was won by Denver. The difference yeah. in the first two games that I saw from Jokic, at least, was in the first game he had like one assist. And we don't really look at Jokic to only have one assist. So the Portland Trailblazers made him the scorer. They said, okay, we know you like to pass the rock and get everybody involved. So we're going to make you the scorer. Let everybody else create for themselves. And that's kind of a good game plan. But I believe Jokic adapted to that the second game and said, all right, I'm going to still get my 30 close to 40, but I'm going to make sure my guys get buckets and they're going to also be aggressive off the ball. Um, I think he had like seven or eight assists in game two, just to tell you the difference. Um, but Dame, Damian Lillard, uh, he's looking at Compazzo as baby food. I'm not going to lie to you. Compazzo <laughs> uh, should not, not want any parts of, of but, Dame right now. Yeah, but but Compazzo, he's no slouch, though. He looks like he's he's one of those guys that, once again, you like him on your team and hate to play against because he's going to run. Defensively, he's not gonna he's not gonna short you. He's gonna give hundred and ten percent. He's gonna play towards the refs. He one of them tryhards. Yeah, and like what well, he kind of reminds me of a better Matthew Dellavedova who just runs around the court defensively. He can definitely create for his shot, and he has a better three point shot than Dellavedova. But in terms of what he does on the court, he's a little bit uber excited or extra tryhard, like you said. Um, but that's part of winning basketball. But Dame is looking at him like, yo, you're doing too much. Get off me. Like, hold his three ball. Hold his, hold his. Like, there was one time he floored him without even having the basketball. And he pulled <laughs> a three in his face in the corner in game one. I'm like, yo, Dame, you got to chill. Because no one on that Denver team can really guard him. In game two, mm-hmm. we saw Aaron Gordon go on him. And it was kind of a little bit of a different outcome because of yeah, Aaron Gordon. muffled length. him a little bit. Yeah, besides besides Aaron Gordon, t- everybody was getting it. <laughs> but that's the problem with the Trailblazers. It'd be well, after Damian Lillard, I'm not I'm not there's no guarantee that everybody else is going to get buckets. And of course, I mean, CJ, it's, it's but- CJ. Yeah. And CJ and then um, Norman Powell, maybe um, Carmelo Anthony on a good night. Though. Yeah, yeah, you're making yeah, like when you say those things, you have question marks next to them. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, so, like just to show you the thing about Dame that I've probably been saying is just that I think it was game two because game two was the game that they lost. He had like 33 at halftime, and they were still down like 12. And if yeah, I remember correctly, I remember correctly. He had he he had 33, and then the next closest player had 10 points, and that was CJ. And then after CJ, no one else had like more than five in a sense or close to that. So when that happens, there's such a scoring discrepancy in your lineup. It's like, damn, like, can I can I get some help, please? And (laughs) I know I know CJ is a respectable all star guard, but CJ when CJ it's like Damian Lillard is always locked in and then CJ is is almost watching dame get buckets like he's probably looking at him like damn this guy is great like let me stand in this corner real quick but but like bro like there's too many times i feel like cj is just ball watching and watching his mans get buckets and it's like also also with that that backcourt 
they are food on defense too. Like yeah, the whole team is food on defense. Like last year, yeah. Really, so when you like you can you you can have top five scoring, but if you if you're not respectable on defense either, I don't know how you expect to win. And yeah, and and that's that's always gonna be that's why I think we've seen this 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 Damian Lillard era Portland team peak when they faced Golden State in that Western yep. Conference Finals. That was their peak. That that's it. Like as soon as they lost those defensive pieces in Harkless and Aminu and whoever else they had on that team, I can't really remember at the Tomb moment. But once like upon a time, like. <laughs> But yeah, like ever since they lost all these defensive pieces, like and they just went all offense route. Like I, I know Terry Stotts is gonna be the scapegoat, and he probably rightfully should be because he hasn't been. I think his voice in the locker room has kind of probably run dry a little bit because he's been there so long, so you, and oh, they're probably just like, like yeah. So like I don't know. With Portland, it's so weird to gauge this team. Well, not weird. It's just like you know what their ceiling is, but like sometimes you get fooled into thinking that it can be higher because like you'll see the way Dame will go off, and it's just like, man, Dame is really good, but like Portland is really not most of the time. Yeah. On top of that, their young players aren't that good either. Like, their yeah, young players, Simons say, and yeah, like Simons has games where he's like, you can see he's a young player, like he gets affected by certain things, or he's just not playing to the to the level that he's supposed to. And then you got Nasir Little, who barely gets minutes sometimes. Like, rightfully so. I mean, yeah, rightfully so. But you can't. These are draft picks. These are top fifteen, top twenty something draft picks. So you can't. Like with your veteran players, yeah, they're on the court. Yeah, they're trying to win and all that. Like Covington and them. Like their collection of parts, I don't want to say it's not enough, but they're not even. It's not. The, it just like, looks good on paper. Yeah, like it's like damn. Like, see, this is this is why I said the last time I was on the, on the pod with you. Like, they might just be peak. Like he he won't get to another Western Conference Finals again if he stays on this team or the team that he's on looks or is constructed the way it is because. The way the NBA is going, you need a big man presence as well with wing defenders and then some shooting. And their big man isn't always healthy, and he sometimes gets into foul trouble. Their wing, they don't have a wing bucket or defender, if I remember correctly. They don't. And their guard matchup, they, they, they have good guard play, but one of those guards goes MIA when the other guard gets buckets. Like, I don't get that. You would think yeah. that you would think the tandem is is vice versa. Like everything runs through. Okay, your turn, my turn, or even if it's not your turn, my turn is more so. All right, I play off you, you play off me. Like we're we're synced. Like it doesn't look like a synchronization anymore between Dame and CJ. I could be wrong, and Dame is just uber good. But I don't know, man. It doesn't feel like like I like I th- I still think Denver can come out of this series very uh, yeah. Cool. Very convincingly, I but can see like, that. You, like, like, but like you said, both games have been like polar opposites in terms of what teams have done or the results you've seen. So it's hard to pick in terms of game by game because it could really go one game, uh, Denver wins, next game Portland wins. Like this can go seven still, but uh, I definitely got Denver still because it. At the end of the day, that is an MVP candidate, and then on the other side, Dame is just. He's under. He's not under man, but under uh, under talented lack of talent on that squad. 
Because at the end of the day, with Jamal Murray having his ACL injury, there's still a lot of buckets on the Denver squad that can that can hurt you. So that's my take on that series. It's not really that it's not that deep. <laughs> Damian Lillard just has to I wouldn't say has to realize, but he's just gonna have to go through the trenches and see what he can get. He's gonna have to realize the hard way that the loyalty with with NBA teams might not be the way to go for him specifically. Like yeah, can, not with this Portland squad. They not they not built. They don't have the assets, or they not like they not legitimately built for like a way to really make this team that much better. So like they're capped at what their their ceiling is at, and we may have to see a unfortunate divorce of CJ and Dame this this offseason. Yeah, because CJ is just not, he's not cutting it, in my opinion. I like him, but he's just, you don't see the the cons, the consistent production that you would see out of Damian Lillard, as, at least for a guard. Um, yeah, and on the Denver side, I mean, Jokic, you know, Jokic is doing Jokic things. He's averaging, like, in this series, he's averaging an insane amount of points. I know it's only, like, two, two. It's only two um, games, but he's averaging 36 points. Dame is averaging 38. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's insane on that on that side of the um, on, on that side of things. But um, yeah, I mean, you got Michael Porter Jr. He's played um pretty well. Scoring yeah, I think wise, he's averaging about over 20 this series so far. Yeah. And then you got the others. The others have consistently provided, you know, they they got a pretty pretty decent um rotation still, even without like guys like Will Barton, who's on the mend and supposed to be coming back soon. Um, PJ Dozier, and of course, um, they didn't even play both of the. Well, I know Barton's injured, but they haven't. Is PJ Dozier still injured, or is he just yeah. not getting playing time? Yeah, he's I know so he's, a, he's another bucket. <laughs> like he, that's another. Like, see, Denver's team is just so deep that it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter who they play alongside Jokic because they all can score and play off of Jokic with Jokic's passing ability. It just it's just not a good matchup for Dame. But Dame is known for heroics in terms yeah. of scoring. Like he'll yeah, really so. take that. Three- He'll take that three point shot and just will his team back into a game. Yep. So that's what that's what kind of makes this series interesting, even though like you kind of know the ceiling of a damn team, it still makes for like entertaining basketball. So there will always be that in this series. But yeah, I think I got Denver winning it. Cause like I remember last pod I made a prediction that I could not make a prediction until I saw how these teams played. Um, because I thought it was that evenly matched, but like seeing how Denver is, I can easily see a way for them to to win this series. Um, and let me check if there's any other series that we want to talk about. We could briefly like skim through the others. Brooklyn has dominated on um, Boston. Um, yeah, that's over. looking like it's a sweep. Over. <laughs> um, Philly. Philly is probably gonna beat Washington in a sweep. Maybe Washington gets one at home. Yeah, I'm thinking um, they'll get one at home if Russell. Russ is. did hurt his ankle like Sad twice mate. late in that fourth quarter, um, and he may play through it. So there's that to look out for. 
Um, and players playing on an injured whatever is never really that good. Especially it never ends well. Of, especially the type of point guard he is. For him to have an yeah. ankle injury is, is going to be hard for him to be the Russell Westbrook we know in terms of energy and output. So that's something to look at. Hopefully they get one in Washington because I know that Washington crowd definitely supports their team. Um, but to look at the other series in the West, if we can, uh, we saw you Donovan come back. Yeah, we saw Donovan come back yesterday. Yep, and we he also looked, saw we also saw Ja put up like almost fifty. Yeah, forty seven to be exact. But uh, sadly, it was not enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, that was a crazy high scoring game for a playoff game. Yeah, I, don't, um, I, I, I didn't. I never really thought that these two teams would be. Uh, scoring that high and like first of all <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you uh what's his name dylan brooks um got into foul trouble very very early in that game like probably within the first three minutes donovan mitchell made him get two to three quick fouls and, and that was an early difference maker yeah like you you clearly saw after that the jazz were able to put a little bit of a deficit in between them and the, the the Grizzlies. But what we know about the Grizzlies, Grizzlies is that they fight. John Morant is a fighter. He ain't afraid of nobody. He took upon that challenge. Like you said, he had 47 with seven assists, and he shot 50% from the field. Got to work on that three-point shot, but he's not known as a three-point shooter, so we'll take what we can get from him from the three-point line. Um, But just to see Donovan back healthy, uh, it, he kind of showed everybody that, yo, I could have played game one, but, you know, the medics and the training staff want to be extra careful. Uh, yeah. But the, the, the Utah team showed us one thing last night was that they're they're five deep, like all five. Well, not even. Yeah. Five deep on the starting lineup can get all double digits. Um, they had and they got those two six men that can. Yeah. That can the two six men well. that can at least get you 15. Everybody, everybody legit had double digits. Uh the starting five plus Ingles and Clarkson. Um, what the Jazz showed us was what they've been doing all season. Everybody gets a touch. Everybody gets the basketball. Everybody and they shoot mad threes too. I mean, you can you blame them? <laughs> I can't really blame them because when 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 Donovan Mitchell shoots ten and makes five, and then Conley is three for five, Royce O'Neal four for six, Joe Ingles three for three, Clarkson had a rough night one for six, but he still ended up with eighteen or sixteen points. Sorry. And then Gordy Jang, um, not Gordy Jang, Gordy Niang, uh, two for four. Like they only missed, they 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 went pretty good. They shot 48% from the field from the three-point line. So when you're shooting like that, you're not supposed to lose. <laughs> so Yeah, it makes it very hard to lose in the playoffs when you shoot that well. Especially from three-point line. So I I like how this series is gonna go. Something tells me, because of course we had we kind of had Steph in that position. But now that yeah. Memphis them is there, this series, I had Utah in six, but they can they can definitely be on upset alert if when they go back to Memphis. Um, I would not be surprised if Memphis wins two games in their in their home court. But of course, it all depends on what Donovan looks like. Because I don't think this team goes anywhere without Donovan. They're a, they're a tough out without Donovan. Donovan just puts them over the top, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens in Memphis. But but this series can be this. It has the it has the makings of seven if Dylan Brooks and John Morant really 
impose their will on the game by just driving to the basket, up and down basketball, and being able to defend. Once they're if they can defend Donovan at a high clip or just make it hard for him, then I see the series going seven. But if they can't do that, uh, it, it can be over in six real quick. Yeah, with um, with um, do- defending Donovan, Dylan Brooks has to do a better job because, like, that's one of his main issues is that he is a great defender, but he also gets in like foul trouble really easily because sometimes he's overly aggressive, and that's a detriment to him. So I think, I think he has to be a little bit more careful. And maybe they let them play um, more physically at home, and it's the playoffs. So maybe they, he gets that benefit of the doubt at home with the the friendly whistle, and maybe he can um, disrupt Donovan Mitchell and the rest of Utah's offense because with no Donovan, Dylan Brooks was able to do what he, do whatever he wanted on both sides of the ball in Game One, and that's yeah. part of the reason why they fared so well in that game and won. He didn't have so, to expend any energy on both sides. Yeah. So like if he's able to like have that similar impact in game three, it is. Yeah. Game three, then it's going to be a very fun series because in very game fun. two, game two, he, oh, he really had a good game, but he only played 28 minutes because he racked up five though. fouls. So, I have a yeah. question though. Do you think, do you think the refs were kind of giving Utah a little bit of home cooking? Because I felt like those oh, calls of course, in that game. Of course. Like, I think it was a little bit, I think it was a little bit extra, like, <laughs> like, damn, every call that is being, you know, every foul being called is for Utah, like in Utah's favor. Like I felt like that was a thing that uh was definitely evident. To be fair, to be fair, Memphis did take seven more free throws than them. Mm-hmm. So I, okay, maybe it's right. the type of fouls. Yeah, like it, it was the type of fouls that put them in the bonus or just like got Dylan Brooks out that game or something like that, bro. It just felt like every whistle was for was for Utah's favor. Yeah, sometimes it can feel like that, especially when you like climbing back into a, a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like fighting an uphill battle, trying to get back into a game, it can feel like that. But um. Again, we know who we're going to get from the big three of Memphis with John Morant, Val, and Chunitz, and Brooks. It's more of like, you know, are we going to get something extra from Triple J? I know he's just coming back from injury, and, you know, you don't want to put too much on him, but you also want to see a little bit more out of him. He did provide a solid 16 in game two. Um, Game one, he had um, had seven. So... But they didn't really need it because, you know, John Morant and Dylan Brooks did their thing. But yeah, it's gonna be very it's, this this actually has a very making of an interesting series. I know I made a I made a bunch of jokes, especially on Twitter, about um how boring this series was gonna be. Um I actually haven't got a chance to t- to tune into the games that much because they've been after Knicks games and after Knicks games I do like some type of Knicks coverage. Um mm-hmm either whether it's like spaces on Twitter or whatever it is. But yeah, I'm I'm usually like either too hype or too upset after the Knicks loss to really pay that much attention to the Jazz. But I do, <laughs> I do catch a I do catch a decent amount of their game um these last couple games just so I I had some I knew what I was going to talk about today on the pod. But yeah, um 
Oh wow. They seem like they have no answer for John Morant. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. Nah, they don't because Conley a little he's past his prime and defensively he's not at least what he used to be. And John Morant is is very athletic. He's quick and he's also physical. Uh not much point guards get physical with you. Like he tried Rudy Gobert the other night. Like he tried him. Rudy Gobert got the first block and then probably a quarter or two later. He comes back down the lane and dunks on him. Like Rudy don't even didn't even want to jump on the second time. So yeah, when your point guard is that aggressive and at least drawing fouls or trying to get his own, that that that's a good thing because now offense is flowing. Uh, you may or may not get calls. Um, he's he's we know that Jaw is gonna create something out of nothing. At least that's what we've seen the first two games. Yep. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Do does the Utah Jazz just let um Ja go off and then hope that they can contain everyone else, or do they try to do what the Knicks did and like blitz Ja, or and 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 try to like get the ball out of his hands to make everyone else like decision makers? It's gonna be interesting to see because like with these young point guards. If you can, like, I know Ja isn't as small as Trey, so, like, maybe the blitzing won't work as well. But it's going to be interesting to see what, what Utah does differently because, like, Ja's just been having his way with them, and it's been it's been, it's been electric, but it's, like, it's got to be somewhat concerning for, for Utah that they just can't stop this dude. I'm not going to lie. Uh, CP looks good, though, in watching this... Uh... Yeah, he does. I, I I'm confident that the shoulder is feeling a bit better yeah, now. A little extra days rest, whatever you want to call it. But he he looks he looks fluid. As of right now, the game is tied at 33 with seven minutes in the second. But he looks good, just movement wise. So something to look at. We'll talk about that later. But you know, CP. Hopefully, he's the regular CP, so we can get a very good series. No excuses. Yep. Um, and I think we've talked, we, we've covered every playoff matchup yeah, to an extent. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, as you're listening to this on Friday, today's games are going to be Knicks Hawks. The most interesting matchup of the playoffs, I think so far. Um, and then you got. What else we got? We got Brooklyn versus um, the Celtics with Kyrie's return to Boston. <laughs> Kyrie. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and we got um, Clippers versus Mavericks. Mavericks up, up and take yo, that three zero lead. Yo, if, if yo, if they really take a three zero lead, son, yeah, they. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be freaking crazy. There's no reason yeah. for that. But we'll see how that goes. We will see. Um, as we wrap up, um, Ryan, let the people know where they can find you at again. Uh, so for the personal, it's Sway Hendricks, S W A Y H N D R X X. For the podcast, Sway Reporting Live on all platforms Twitter, all that good stuff, Instagram, YouTube. Hopefully, y'all check my stuff out. Yup. And for me, my links are always as usual in the description also check out the strickland one of the best Knicks websites out there 
Um, check out everything they're doing over there. I contribute somewhat to the other stuff that happens on like social media and like voice wise. But um, yeah, make sure you check all that out. Um, great people making great content over there. Um, and if you're if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Links are also in the um, description as well there. And that's it.